Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. It's another day and another no deal for baseball, but are they getting closer? We'll have some details on that coming up. Sports Bash is live on 97.3 ESPN. Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, Josh Henning producing today's show. You out there. What's going on, everybody? A Wednesday edition. Jason Fitz, Keith Smith, PT has the MGPT Top 5 at 5. Jeff Mosher, football at 4. Uh, I guess uh, the baseball story has been at the top of the list because everybody else except for the NHL, which is at least has some sort of plan, but they have no date to return. Even the MLS now has said, hey, we have figured something out. We're going to get out there and play soccer, uh, but nothing from baseball. They did put out an offer last night. Was that offer the offer that will get things done? Hunter Brody. Absolutely not. It was another situation where... They just threw something out there. The problem is they are starting with that March agreement, and it is pretty clear that the owners do not want to hear about that March agreement. I mean, throwing 89 games instead of 114 with the prorated salary, it's obvious the owners are not willing to go in that direction. I mean, it's not enough of a cut. So essentially, is that their – I mean, what's the reasoning of even – returning with an answer with that with making that offer I, that's what i'm trying to get behind now like i'm trying to get like i'm done taking sides and trying to figure that out that i've already come to terms with i'm just trying to figure out who sat in a room who who like like uh, one time uh i had this hat on my head and i took a picture and sent it to my girlfriend and she said, what are you doing with that hat on your head? I said, oh, they said they look good. I said, they said it looked good. And she said, who? Who are they? Who said it looked good? You know, I want to know who. Who sat in that room? Who told somebody that was a good idea? Who was advising the people of, hey, you know what really looks good? This offer. This is the offer that the owners are going to accept. Who was advising the players that that offer was acceptable? That's what I want to know. I don't think anybody, I don't think any of the people on the players' union side thought that this would get the deal done. So to answer your question, nobody thought that this was a good offer. I think this kind of goes back to the word that we've been using over the last couple of days, principle. The fact that they actually countered with something, the fact that they can say, hey, look, we're trying, we're throwing offers at them. They are not coming to meet us in the middle. It comes down to principle. Well, here's what I will say. Every time the players make an offer to the league, it always includes more games, right? And I told, I was telling you this last night. The optics say, wow, the players keep asking for more games, which means they really want to play. They're trying to get the fan to take their side by offering more games so that it shows the fans well, the players want to play more games. The owners want to keep cutting the games, so the players must be the ones that want to play. Meanwhile, they're just asking for more games, but they're not budging on their money. So, yeah, they want to play as many games as possible, but it's all about the optics. They just want the fans to be like, the players are the ones that want to play. They're trying to win. You see what I'm saying? They're trying to win the court of public opinion, and they're both failing at it. No, absolutely. No, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they are just throwing out there, 
more games, more games, more games. And and I don't even know if they might think about the public perception. They might. But, you know, anyone who's logically looking at this understands that the reason they're asking for more games is because of the money, right? I mean, do you think that public opinion is something that's on the top of the MLB's players unions list or do you think getting the deal done is on there who knows at this point i mean really who i knows? don't think getting the deal done's on the high on the high end of the list no <laughs> no not at all i think winning the court of public opinion they know that well, this that's is, a problem then you yeah know? no no it's question that, they know yeah. that this is turned into what's baseball they have to know that they're getting drug dragged through the mud right now right you would think so but if that's the case why continue to do it? At some point, you get yourself out of the mud, and they're not doing it. No, and that's why I think, you know, if they're going to go back and forth with this ping-pong match of bing, 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 all right, who's winning this thing? Because really, there is no baseball, and the only baseball discussion is, are you pro-owners or pro-players at this point? A lot of people have bailed out and said, I don't care at all. The people who are paying attention, the Baseball Players Association, they're trying to win those people over by saying, Hey, we're the ones trying to play more games. We want to give you a season that you're accustomed to. We want to play 114 games. They only want to play, you know, 76 games or whatever it is. We're the ones that are trying here. We're the ones that are trying to get back on the field and give you a season that you recognized. This 50-game nonsense, that's what the owners want. They're just trying to swindle you. The players are trying to put the display and the, and the perception of we are the ones that want to play more games. They're trying to win the public image battle here within this negotiation. That's my read on it anyway. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm wrong. That's just the way that I see it. Is These offers are so idiotic by both sides. The only way I can read it is someone is trying to at least not get hammered here. So they're trying to say, well, at least the players are trying. That's it. That's all I can come up with to come up with that offer from last night. Well, there's one thing that you've been asking me the last couple of days, and I didn't have an answer for you until I think today. You brought up the question of when will baseball step in and actually have that 50-game season? Like, at what point is it, okay, you two are done, I'm stepping in. And it looks like, according to Bob Nightingale, it's about next week. They have until about next week, and then baseball will step in and implement this. Well, okay, so... And that's interesting. You know, why is baseball waiting till next week? Why not get it done faster? Why not, if you're the commissioner, to say, I am, I don't care if I have to step in and do this. We are getting on the television on July the 4th. Well, I wonder if it's because, and I'm just looking for answers just like you, he is obviously working with the owners in this situation. There's no doubt about it. Well, he, so, he the owner, he, the owners are his boss. Exactly. So I think maybe they are communicating about this, and maybe that has something to do with it. Just but because, while, as you stated, the owners are the boss. Why the owners are his boss, he also is there to supposed to be representing both sides in good faith. Well, you said supposed to be. Right. I'm just saying. He is supposed to be representative of both sides in good faith. Yes, he is... Um, the 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 owners are his boss they pay you know basically his salary he is supposed to be you know partial to both sides well i would i would think that when you i mean 
I'm looking for answers. You know, I'm just trying to think about it because all of this makes no sense. Well, so as we discuss it, I'm trying to figure out, well, why next week? I don't know. Maybe the owners have something to do with it. Well, it's 25 games fewer than the 114 game proposal they threw out there the last time. The union sent one that was 13 games more than Major League Baseball's 76 game proposal. So now you have this one kind of in the middle. So did baseball say, all right, 114, 76, we'll pick a number in the middle. Of course, the league's proposal only guaranteed players 50% of the prorated salaries plus another 25% should 16 teams be put into the postseason, right? Now, the new number of games brings the midpoint. 114, 76, we'll find something in the middle, 89, boom, there we go. The two proposals... The originally uh, the original proposed number, which we started was was what eighty two. Now we're at eighty nine. So you're kind of in the ballpark there. So are we close enough in the ballpark? Eighty two games is where it started. We're now at eighty nine. Are we close enough in the ballpark they can get there? It goes back to the money. No, they haven't budged either side on the money. Here we are, over a month into this now, and neither side has been willing to budge on the dollar figure. There's well, the that's, problem. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, people talk about the games. Well, they won 100. They won 50. They won 89. The games is all about the money. The, the money is the first thing. The reason why games are being discussed is it's because it's all based off of how much they are getting paid. So to me, you know, the conversation about how many games, that doesn't start until you figure out the money side of things because that then generates the conversation of how many games. So, you know, to sit here today and go, well, is it going to be 50? Is it going to be 89? Is it going to be 114? I don't think you can even talk about that until they figure out this prorated salary nonsense because that's what generates all of it. They're not um, – I don't – okay. Now, Frank, I was talking to Frank earlier, Frank Close from 97.3 ESPN.com, and he says, in his opinion, they'll have a deal done by Tuesday. That's so he, you're not the league. You're saying these two parties no, will come together. No, he thinks they will get the the two parties. Yes, the two parties will come together, and that they will have like he thought this one was pushed them close enough that they might get something done. I don't know how that neither side has moved other than just the amount of games. That's it. Nothing has changed my opinion seeing yesterday, other than I now think that they're even more ridiculous than I did yesterday, which then I thought that they were ridiculous. So I don't see how you can read up on this offer and go, you know what, they're going to get something done at this point. They, they did nothing. Yeah, because the MLBPA, just to uh, kind of update you, they countered last night with a 89-game Full prorated salaries, which goes back to the prorated salary that they agreed to back on March 26th. Major League Baseball offer was 76 games at a 75% prorated pay. So you have a 25% gap in pay. I don't see how they do this. I don't see how by Tuesday you're going to see them come together. Unless it's, you know what, what what's going to happen if they do is it's going to be a deal that it, it's not even close to anything that they've discussed. Well, how about the last night? The initial reaction when this when this offer was put on the table. And by the way, I was hoping there was no offer. I was hoping that this conversation was uh, null and void until the commissioner came out and said, "All right, I'm going to implement it. It's a 50 game season. We're going to start on this date." But that's not what happened. They respond, and the reaction essentially was when the players put this out there. He says. Uh, according to John Heyman, 
the ownership source told him, we're nowhere. Essentially, they're not even trying. Though the owners are now at the opinion that the players aren't even trying. Well, look, the, I said this yesterday. The court or the ball is in the players' court because if the owners are satisfied with this 50-game schedule with the prorated salary that was mentioned, then what do they have to do? They don't have to do anything. They really can just sit back. If they are okay with that, then really, what do the owners have to do? And I don't blame them if they are satisfied with that offer. I don't blame them for sitting there with their hands behind their back going, all right, union, let's go. If, if you're going to play this game, let's go. Come at us with something. Uh, otherwise, we don't need to do any. Uh, ESPN's Buster Olney uh, had this to say when asked about how Major League Baseball has kind of handled this. It's an absolute disaster. Look, they lost the opportunity to have the sporting stage all to themselves in early July. They lost the opportunity to be the discussion all about Major League Baseball. Remember, this is going on now more than three months where these two sides haven't been able to work out a deal. It felt like the house is burning down and there's an argument about who's supposed to grab the hose. And meanwhile, the damage just continues to accumulate on the sport. If they can't actually reach a cooperative, collaborative deal this year, we know that this fight between the two sides is just going to continue into 2021, maybe going into spring training if there isn't a vaccine for the coronavirus and perhaps uh, into the CBA talks in 2021. That is a perfect way to kind of break it down. The house is on fire and you're fighting about who's the person who should hold the hose. That's incredible. Great analogy, by the way. You think he just came up with that off the top of his head, or was Absolutely. that some planning? Uh, probably just uh, free-flowing, came right to his head. Well, God bless him, because that was fantastic. But yeah, I mean, look, you have two two parties right now that are just clearly not on the same page. And, and I love to look at the NBA. I really do. I love to look at them and the way that they just seem way more uh, unified. You know, like, if there's a problem... Adam Silver says the words we. How do we come together and fix this? How do we find a way to make the league better? And with this, it's the complete opposite. I don't understand why you would want to be in a workplace where you hate working with each other every day. That's the scenario laid out. It should be one team, the MLB. And for it to be like this, it's disgraceful. Well, here was uh, Jesse Rogers who covers Major League Baseball for ESPN. And he talks about where this all stems from. Under resumption of play, that was the section of resumption of play at the top, there's one line that says the sides will discuss the economic feasibility of playing without fans. Under player compensation, there's 12 sections. Not one of them mentions their pay without fans. It divides their, their you know, divided by 162 and prorate this and that and this. It never says this is what will happen in terms of pay without fans. They should have really laid it out with fans, without fans. So I, I absolutely believe it's ambiguous enough to have this argument. So he's saying it is ambiguous enough to have this argument. In other words, they never laid anything out here. So essentially, because it wasn't laid out as such, it's okay to kind of bring it back and say, well, when we negotiated this the first time, we negotiated under different premises. I would agree with that. Pretenses. I would. I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, just because it wasn't written down, it doesn't mean that it's not important now to discuss. So, you know, the the way the players are trying to make it sound is if, well, they didn't put it in there, so shame on them. And look, to an extent, yeah, I mean, I get that mindset, but you can't just put your foot down and say shame on them for three months. At some point, it's, okay, shame on them, but 
Let's figure it out so we, the MLB, yep. can put our product together. ESPN's Jesse Rogers covers Major League Baseball. What will it take? The players will have to come off their full pro rata salary. And I, I believe there's a middle ground to be had, but not everybody believes that and thinks we're still headed towards Manfred implementing that unilateral, unilaterally implementing that 48 to 50 game season. But, you know, if the players take a little bit of a haircut, 10%, that's still a lot of money given back to the owners, right? And it at least shows the players are willing to understand playing without fans is is part of this whole thing. So, look, I, I'm optimistic, but I, we all might be a little naive because now for the first time we do see a middle ground there, but still one side has to come off its extreme position uh, that they've both taken this whole time. If somebody blinks, who is it going to be? You would think it would have to be the players at this point. Now, he said he's optimistic. What's he optimistic about? Because we under, what, I think everybody, I think everybody, Broads, is optimistic mainly because they just can't come to grips or terms and and grip the fact that they could mutually decide to not play. That's why I think people are optimistic. But I think they're giving baseball too much credit here. I'm get, I'm optimistic because I know that Manfred's going to step in and make sure that there's baseball. I'm not optimistic about either of these sides coming together at all. I'm just optimistic that he's going to implement this 50-game season. Well, Jesse Rogers said the players are going to have to budge. What about you, Jeff Passan? They are absolutely, completely immovable off of the fully prorated salaries. And that is, I just think, something that realistically the owners have to come to terms with. And the question for them is... If the players are on fully prorated salaries, just how many games are you willing to play? Like, let's just cut to the chase right now. Are you willing to go to 65? Are you willing to go to 70? Are you willing to go to 75? The sooner we get that answer from ownership, the sooner we're going to understand what sort of baseball season we're looking at. So he's saying the owners need to come to terms with the fact that they are not going to move. And when he says something like that, Somebody in that union told him, we are absolutely not budging. I see the other way. Uh, I mean, the fact that he said the owners have to come to grip with it. No, 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 no. I think the players have to come to grip with it, that the owners are not going to use that prorated salary. <laughs> That's the way I look at it, honestly. I do. I agree with you. I'm saying, but for him to use that um, vernacular suggests to me that that's exactly what the, he was told by the players. We are, they absolutely have to move. Like he is saying, that's the, I'm giving you the message from the players and they are telling you, and then you're right though. The owners are saying, "Eh, we're not budging. And I think they have the right to do that though. I do. See, people don't feel bad for the owners and I'm not feeling bad for them at all. They're millionaires. They're billionaires. I don't feel bad for them, but they have the last straw. That's what they do. That's what they have. They are the owners. I don't see how it's that hard to comprehend to me. That's sort of like Jeff Passan playing the middle guy is what it is. He's being it's like uh, back in high school, right? Or middle school when you like a girl and you got to tell her friend to go tell her friend that you like her and you want to have a conversation at recess. That's exactly what's going on with Jeff Passan right now. Right. They're basically using him as, hey, this is the message. Go back to your guys and tell them they need to budge. And if I'm the owners, I'm laughing at the middleman and saying, yeah, okay. I'm laughing too. Look, here's something that's a little it's a little ridiculous, but I just want to get your your thought on it. Like all right. if all of these players decided, you know what, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. Forget it. 
could the MLB just fill all of those roles with other players who are way less talented, sort of like the replacement refs? I mean, if baseball, could, no. they, could they replace all these players with people who are not nearly as good, but they're willing to play the game? No, they tried that before. It won't work. Not to okay, mention, I'm just asking what you thought uh, about it. No, I mean, they tried to do that in the, the 84 football season with the scab players. That didn't work, you know. Um, it was a disaster. No, they and, and I think you're not going to bring in players under these circumstances where there's no fans. Um, no, I, I, I don't think guys who look. I, I don't want them to go this direction. I'm just throwing out ideas like these KBO guys. If you told all them, listen, you can play in the MLB, no fans, but you'll play in the MLB. You don't think that they no. would hop on over here to play? No, and I don't think Major League Baseball would even. There, nobody's watching the KBO now. But if the same product was on the field and it said MLB on it, do you think that that changes the way people watch it? It's this? a good question. I mean, it's a fair question. But no, I mean, the problem is the people know that these would be replacement players. No, that's fair. No, that's I fair. think the whole, if, if, the whole concept of the replacement player was tried in the NFL and it failed miserably. And I don't think you would see leagues going back down that road to use replacement players ever again. And you're right, and I don't want to see that. But I'm thinking of, this is so ugly for baseball. They're not the smartest group of individuals, obviously. Would they be so silly to do it? And, and if the players were all going to decline playing and they were talking about principle, bringing back up the conversation of principle, if they were going to prove a point, I wouldn't be shocked for them to do something so silly as bring in new players to try and prove a point to the union. Sports Bash Live brought to you by East Coast Roofing Siding Windows, serving all of South Jersey. If you call, they'll show up. Visit them online at eastcoastroofing.com. Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, at Broads81, at Mike Gill Show on Twitter. Follow us there. Don't forget, Ask Mike and Broads tonight. You can send us a question. Use the hashtag Ask Mike and Broads. We'll have the headlines coming up in about an hour and ten minutes from now. Plus, Jason Fitz joins us today. We'll get his take on how bad baseball has messed this up, plus the excitement for the NBA. Keith Smith tonight. Are there some stumbling blocks for the NBA that we're not realizing? We'll get into that. The MGPT Top 5 at 5. You know, it was 13 years ago today, the Sopranos season finale. So we're going to look back at five season finales that were memorable to us. You can send yours in as well. 609-403-0973. And today's Football at 4, Jeff Mosher. We'll jump on board. Speaking of football, Carson Wentz. There's something that we need to discuss about Carson Wentz. It's coming up next. Don't go away. Sports Bash Live. On 97.3 ESPN-FM. So the NFL is talking about getting rid of potentially two of their preseason games this year. Did you see that, Broads? Yeah, I'm not opposed to it at all. You know I don't what I mean? think anybody would be. <laughs> you don't like going to those games? Uh, I don't like going to any games, so no. Now, my girlfriend has like a, uh, we, we call it, the she calls it. I don't, I don't partake in this, but she calls it the love box. And what she does in this love Whoa. box is she, uh, you know, when we go to games, like events, she keeps the tickets or she keeps uh, the pamphlet of where we were. And she has like a box of all these things we've done over the years. And it's funny you bring up a preseason game because since we're moving, you know, we're looking around this stuff and, and she has a ticket from a preseason game. And I looked at her like, you got to be kidding. Me. Look, I love everything we do together. It's great. The love box. All right. I understand. It's not something I'm into, but I get it. You can't keep a preseason. Like, ticket. Like you guys went to a preseason game together and she's ke yeah, keeping the yeah, stuff. 
when I worked at uh, 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 my grandfather's company back in the day when I was still in high school, he had tickets and he was like, hey, you know, no one wants to go to preseason week three. At least it was week three. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll take it. I'll go watch the starters or whatever. I'll take her to the game. And she had the ticket in the love box. I don't have a problem don't with think, that. You, oh, you don't? Okay. I just, you know. The, the level of the game doesn't have to equate to whether she enjoyed her time or not. Well, stop making me feel like a bad person. Yeah, right I mean, now. that's an ultimate bad person. She just enjoyed being somewhere with you. You're going off the level of the game. Because it was a preseason game, she's not allowed to have as much fun? Correct. <laughs> that's terrible. If it was, no, no, of course I'm kidding. But, you know, look, if it's the NBA Finals game two, yeah, you get that ticket framed with, like, a picture of me and her at the NBA Finals. Yeah, preseason Eagles-Jets, uh, you know. You know, yeah, I'm not feeling you on that one. Ah, oh, man, come on! You can, I hope she's not listening. I mean, sure the 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 NBA Finals game might be a more memorable time, but or a memorable game, but that doesn't mean it's a more memorable time. Like you could have had this great time that you weren't expecting to have at the preseason game. No, I had a fun time. I'm not trying to knock the time. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's what I don't understand why what event or like that's like like that's like saying um you know she's a big mariah carey fan and she kept the ticket but because you don't like mariah carey you just went because she went that if she kept the ticket stub in the love box that that would diminish the ticket stub no she enjoyed the event because you two went together all right let me let me counter by saying this this is funny all right, we go on a date, and the date is Friday after work. I, I don't even know if you can classify this as a date, but sure, you're hungry. Chick-fil-A. So you guys go to Chick-fil-A Is that Friday. a date? Chick-fil-A well, is a date? Well, that's my point that I'm getting at here. So you go, you go out to eat, you go to Chick-fil-A Friday after work. But, and by the way, she keeps the receipt because you had such a great time at Chick-fil-A. Now... The next Friday. This is a ridiculous you go, thing, though. You're not. You wouldn't even keep the receipt if you went to like the highest of high end restaurant. You're not well, taking the receipt. Well, it's not like you frame the receipt like you do a ticket stub. Now, if we went to a really nice restaurant, the top of the top in Philadelphia, we had such a great time there. She might keep the receipt because it was such no, a fancy she restaurant. She wouldn't, though. She wouldn't do that. I will. I will have to search in this love. Nobody box would. Nobody would keep the receipt. Of the dinner that they went to. I think you're wrong. If, if somebody went on a date to a super fancy restaurant in New York City or something, if they have a love box, I think that that might be in the love box. I don't think so at all. What I'll do is I will shoot my girlfriend a text and ask her this question, and we will update everyone a little later. Right. So if you went to a nice dinner and she kept the receipt to that place, I would be shocked, number one. You're trying to compare it then. Oh, well, if we went to Chick-fil-A, would she have kept the receipt? Would that be looked at the same? If we had a good time at both spots. Right. I know. I got what you said. Well, if she really enjoyed it. See, you took a, a thing that would be so unlikely to happen that even if she says, yeah, I would keep that receipt, she might be one out of 100. Well, that's what I'm saying. But she might the, be. the one that I'm giving is a lot more comparable here is you might not like the artist the that you went to go see the concert but you went because like i have been that guy i went to see mariah carey and christina aguilera last year they were not you know choices that i would have made but she wanted to go if she would have kept the ticket stuff is because she appreciated the fact that i chose to go with her 
I understand that. I do. Look, I'm not devaluing the meaning behind the love box or the experience. But when I saw the look, the thing is, we've been to so many games, right? I mean, we've been to so many events. How many football games that she had been to? Well, see, here's the thing with her. Not a lot. So I guess that's a reason why the preseason was in effect. Now, we have the texting the, bubbles. And, and is, that the fir- is that the first football game she had been to? Um, No, it was not. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Now, we have a response to the fancy restaurant in New York City. She's pretty fast her. on the responses, by the way. Yeah, she said, eh, no, probably not. Okay, so of course She not. would not keep the receipt. She shouldn't have said probably not. She should have said, no, you idiot. Well, maybe she's questioning the possibility of maybe keeping right. it. She knows you're live on the radio, so she doesn't want to say, no, you dumbass. She just no, wants she to would, try to oh, make... Oh, she would say that. She might even call in to just tell me that now. She just wanted to, like, soften the blow of how idiotic you sounded. Probably, yeah. Right, so that one's out the window. Okay, all but, right. That's all I got for you, Gil. I mean, listen, but the you kind of shot me down. You're making me feel bad. I'm going to have to give her a big kiss and a hug when she comes home. I, I feel guilty. I think you should feel bad in this sense. I do. Oh, I do. If this totally backfired, I mean, I thought I was You funny. thought I was going to be on your side saying, why would you keep the preseason ticket stub? Right. I thought this was funny. It was a good joke. We'd, we'd, ha- we'd have some laughs. Total backfire. I feel horrible. I don't really know what to do with myself anymore. Yeah. Now, like, again, like, the 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 level of appreciation that she has that you included her into the football game is what we're talking about here. Not the level of competition of the actual game that you went to see. It's about the event, not the level of quality of the event. Well, she was literally screaming bad words at Doug Peterson. She wanted to run right, the football. Right, because she no, probably I'm doesn't kidding. understand the difference between the preseason game and the red. Like, that there's a level of difference. I'm kidding. She was not. Could you imagine someone <laughs> screaming to run yeah. the ball in the preseason games? Yeah. Absolutely, I can hear people do that. No way. Sure. Run the ball, dog. You think you get a, hey, dog, run the ball on a uh, on a second and five in a preseason game? Sure, absolutely, because there's people out there that want to see, you know, the ninth string running back and to see whether or not he has it or not. Is he a Philly guy? Does he oh. have the toughness? Oh, if he's a Philly guy or not. That's right. Okay. Maybe there are people out there, the Aaron Rowans of the world. That's right. Um, <laughs> the Aaron Rowans. Of the world, so uh, I wanted to bring this conversation up. I sent you a text last night to kind of look this over, and there was a um, conversation that you know. This was the quote: "Nobody else in the league looks like Patrick Mahomes." Dot dot dot. But Wentz kind of does. That was from Colin Cowherd on the herd, uh, heard on Fox Sports Radio. Nobody else in the league looks like Patrick Mahomes. Wentz kind of does. So when I read that and listened to it, the first thing I thought of was, um, shouldn't we be appreciating Carson Wentz more than we do? Not me, not you. I don't know what you stand ultimately, but just in general, Eagles fans, I feel like, yeah, they like Wentz, but I don't know that they have their arms around this guy hugging him as tight as possible. I do. I mean, I'm I'm at the point where, you know, he's obviously someone that you build around for years to come. But I, I would agree with you. The general view, it seems, unless it's just a loud minority, as we stated before, but with a lot of different scenarios. But um, 
When it comes to Carson Wentz, it does not seem as if the city is fully behind him. Now, let me ask you this, though, because I think me and you stand in the same spot where we know he's super talented. We've seen him play elite football. Like, we understand that he has a very unique skill set that could be at the top of the league if he plays the best way that he can play. But what if he gets hurt next year? I mean, what if he gets hurt, not just a banged-up injury here where he misses a week, but what if he gets hurt week 14 and you don't see him for the rest of the way, but he plays another season of 14 of 16 games, but he can't finish the year? What do you do? Okay, here's a question then. I'll spin it back to you. Is he not appreciated the way he should be because of A, Nick Foles, or B, because of what you just said? I think it's because of what I just said. If he was a, if he only got hurt the year of the Super Bowl, and then he's been the, the thing is though, if he doesn't get hurt last year, right, and he plays that game, if they win that game, I think the narrative changes completely on how everybody feels, if right? He so, won the Super Bowl. Uh, go ahead, say if, that again. If he won the Super Bowl, no, 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 no. La- last year's game against the Seahawks. Oh, okay. I was going to say yeah. if he won the Super Bowl. Uh, he could have done nothing wrong for the rest. He could have gone nothing. He could have gone to Chick Fil A with his girlfriend, and that that would have been the new place. Yeah, he would have kept the receipt and put it in the love box and all of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he could have done no no wrong. But no, I, like the the injury, I I think is the big problem because everybody sees what he's capable of doing when he's healthy. Yeah, you know what? There's times where he misses Miles Sanders in the flat. Or there's a couple of times where he misses a throw. Or his big knock is, I would say, fumbling the football. Sure, right? That's a thing as well. But overall, his talent level is there. The problem is, if you're not available to play, that's where you don't, it doesn't matter how talented you are if you're not available for the squad. Absolutely. I mean, the injury thing, I think, is something. But the injury thing, shouldn't it be that we yearn for you to return instead of almost being happy that you're out? Yes, that would be the the right way to look at things, but it's not that way. And and it, is it injury? I mean, is it injury? I why is there a disconnect between people and Carson Wentz? I as soon as he said, I mean, I'm listening to this comment, and he's saying, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the only guy in the league that looks a lot like him, his play, his size, what he does, you know, it's Carson Wentz. That's the only other guy. And I'm thinking, man. Why is it that Wentz is just so underappreciated and people almost find ways to be critical of him? Well, there's always players around the league that get that. For example, and and trust me, I think Carson Wentz is a way better quarterback than the name I'm about to say, but Kirk Cousins could do no right. Anything he does is going to get destroyed, right? I mean, it's just the truth. He could do everything right, and somehow, some way, he will get ridiculed. Yeah, but and a lot of that, I think, thing. I think a lot of that comes with your draft status. Kirk Cousin was drafted in the fourth round as the second quarterback that year. Remember, they drafted Robert Griffin the third in the first round, picked two overall, and then they cooked Cousins in the fourth round. And it's because it's like, he was a fourth-round pick. Your expectations were never to be this great player. When you're the second overall pick in the draft, the expectations are that you have to immediately be great now. Well, I was thinking, well, you're not wrong with that, by the way, but if Kirk Cousins was a fourth-round pick, you would think that he wouldn't be so heavily criticized because 
He was drafted in the fourth round. Like, because they don't expect him to be that great. The fact that he's playing at the level that Kirk Cousins is playing, you could almost say, wow, he overachieved. But people look at him as if he's underachieving. I guess why? Because of the contract that comes into play? Well, then that's where it changes. Your start to your career goes off your draft status. The next way that we evaluate you is based on your contract. So once the draft status thing goes behind you, that contract that you sign, in this case Kirk Cousins, $89 million or plus guaranteed, now we judge you based on that. And we say, you're not worth that contract, even though he's outperformed his draft status. Oh, he's no doubt outperformed his draft status. Yeah, right. I you mean, Russell Wilson, guy, another guy too, by the way. Yeah, well, you draft a guy in the fourth round and get the production you have out of Kirk Cousins, that's a home run. I mean, that's an absolute steal to get that guy in the fourth round. Russell Wilson, third-round pick, similar situation. But his first couple of years, he, I don't know, you want I don't want to say he was overrated because I think Wilson's top five in the league, always have. But because he was a third-round pick, you could say, holy mackerel, what a steal you got with this guy. And now he makes the huge contract, yet he's living up to that contract. Well, that's something that Colin Cowherd was actually saying. He said, look, originally it was Russell Wilson. He was the guy who was super talented, but nobody really believed in him, and he would get totally crushed. And right now, it's Carson Wentz. So maybe, maybe he follows the same path as Russell Wilson, and eventually that page is turned, and it's, okay, Carson Wentz, he's in the top five every year like it is with Russell Wilson now. I think when I see these lists and all these things, and I know they're just people's lists and it's their opinions, but it's just kind of a, a microcosm of what people – think about you know in general and I'm looking at Carson Wentz and I'm thinking to myself how many quarterbacks in this league would I prefer to have more than Carson Wentz okay that's when I heard that comment he says Mahomes and he's thinking about other guys how many guys legitimately now keep in mind there's a lot of quarterbacks now who are on the back side of the uh, fairway here on the back nine if you will that are still playing in this league. You got the Drew Breeses, the Tom Brady's, the Philip Rivers, the Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, that group of guys. So I don't know how you kind of factor those guys in, but when I'm, you know, Aaron Rodgers is even in on the on the late side of 30. So how many guys legitimately are you saying I would ha rather have than Carson Wentz? And as I was thinking about this last night, I would have to say if you take that older group of guys, the guys who are 35 and older, out of the mix, because 35 and older, you're not you're not building a franchise around a guy 35 or older. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, I, I would agree. This is this is tough because there are players. If it was a one season thing, sure, I think that there would be guys in in that 35 range that we're discussing or older. But if we're talking build franchise around, yeah, I would say you're not building your franchise around 35 and up. Okay, so if we're saying 35 or really 34 and under, how many guys are you taking? I got to say Wentz at that point is definitively in the top five. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Absolutely. See, there's a couple players on this list that, you know, I looked up Matt Ryan's age. He's 35. I didn't realize he was on okay, that 35. That he would be off this conversation then. But I wonder, I think that's like a good comparison almost, a, a Matt Ryan type. I mean, if Carson I think Wentz, Wentz is better than Ryan. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But overall, if he gives you that type of career, I, I don't think that that's something to laugh at. I think that's like a, a good comparison. 
Uh, if he becomes, if his at the end of the year, at the end of the day, we're like, oh, he he was Matt Ryan. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that that's a good way to to kind of look at it from this. Yeah, from, Matt Ryan's not a stiff, but I also don't know. I always, I remember when Matt Ryan went went to the Super Bowl that year, and and like my Hall of Fame criteria is kind of this is why Eli Manning's not in. Um, were you constantly in the conversation for MVP? In other words, four or five times in your career, almost you know half of your career, you were in the conversation for MVP. Uh, Matt Ryan, this was remember going back to twenty what uh, fifteen? Now that Super Bowl was twenty sixteen. Wow, was it that was it that long that ago? Twenty seventeen, maybe twenty sixteen. No, twenty seventeen oh. was uh, the Eagles, right? Yeah, Eagles. Uh, yeah. Twenty seventeen oh, yeah. before so that. Twenty sixteen. So twenty sixteen. Yeah. So my point was, if he would have won that Super Bowl, he would have won a Super Bowl. He could have won the MVP. He could have had an MVP of the Super Bowl in all in the same year. And if he followed up the next year and had another MVP type of season, he could have been on his way to being a Hall of Fame player in my eyes. No, no, I, I like your list for sure. And the game was actually played in 2017, but it was the 2016-2017 yes, season. Um, but no, like, look, I, I think individual talent-wise that Carson Wentz has a better skill set when it comes to his play than than Matt Ryan. But I, I like that comparison a, as a whole for some reason. But I, I do want to kind of look at maybe some of the other quarterbacks that would be in the conversation with Wentz if we are going to start a franchise. Sports Bash brought to you by Matt Black Kia. They want to get you approved today. That's Matt Black Kia, Black Horse Pike, Egg Harbor Township, Mike and Broad, Sports Bash. Which quarterbacks are on that list? They're 35 or under, okay? 35 or under is the where I'm looking at. That's the number that I thought of last night, 35 and under. Who are the five guys in there and why Wentz should be on that list? 609-403-0973, 609-403. 0973. Jason Fitz coming up in 14 minutes. Listen tonight at 5 p.m. for another MGPT Top 5 at 5. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. What will be number one? To see what Mike and Pete are ranking tonight. Got a topic? The Sports Bash. Send a text message 609 403 0973. That's 609 403 0973. Kendall, the top, Sports Bash, Jason Fitz. First take, your take, joins us in 10 minutes. Uh, Jason Fitz will – It uh, he had an interesting take on baseball negotiations and how they might turn fans away. You'll hear it coming up in 10 minutes right here on the Sports Bash. A lot of text messages coming in, 609-403-0973. Get your voice heard, 609-403-0973. Guys, loving this conversation Romo was an example of this. No one knew who he was, and once he became a household name, he spent his entire career criminally underrated, better than Eli, whose division he played in. Yeah, I go Romo. Uh, Eli, to me, was just a guy who was good, not great. He had his moments. I don't want to take them away from him. His name helped. He was a good, not great player. Certainly not a Hall of Famer. Uh, He's going to get in the Hall of Fame because he's Eli Manning and people like him. And that's uh, why I don't uh, really uh, get all that into the uh, Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you said certainly not a Hall of Famer. I, I think he's a he is your standard he has, debatable guy. He has two Hall of Fame moments. Other than that, his career was simply not a Hall of Fame worthy candidate. But you mentioned that he had a two Hall of Fame moments. Yeah. So would that put him in the Hall of Fame to have Hall of Fame moments? A lot of guys have Hall of Fame moments. I mean, there's a lot of guys who were MVP of the Super Bowl and. 
they don't deserve consideration. You can't have a. You can't have a. How many? He played what? Fifteen years, if not longer. He was drafted in 04. 15 year career, and in his entire career, you would say, oh, there's a couple of standout moments, two moments. Yeah, those two moments were winning the Super Bowl, though. Yeah, but we take 1% of your career and make you a Hall of Famer. That's the problem I have with it. Your career yeah, has to that's be. That's how you get. Getting in the Hall of Fame is. Be, I mean, if that's the if those don't matter that much to the conversation, then you need to those, factor in those people like Matt Ryan who just have great statistical careers and they don't really win anything, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's okay, the thing. that's fine as long as you do that as well. You're telling me if you if you took those two moments out and handed me this guy's resume, you'd be like, okay, he was a nice player. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm, I think he. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he isn't. I think he's your your standard debate guy. He's your ah. He's or, only ooh, he's or, only ah. your standard debate guy because his last name is Manning. If his last no, name was he has not two Manning, Super Bowls and the MVPs, I don't think it has to do with the Manning stuff. Ah, uh, man, I don't know. He he he's never been an MVP conversation ever. He's never once been thought of as one of the best players at his position in the entire league. Not even close. I mean, most of the time, you wouldn't even be talking about him as a top 10. I like the way Josh puts it in, though, when he talks about his Hall of Fame. It's, you know, when you talk about football in his era when he played, did his name, like, you're saying Eli Manning pops because of his last name, but I'm saying, you know, does when you talk about his era of football, does Eli Manning matter to that era? And I think it does. So when you talk about the history of football, does Eli Manning have a conversation in that? And, and I and I do think that he has an impact on that era of football. That's a decent uh, um, enough argument. I mean, yeah, because they won the two Super Bowls. Yes, and you and and you know, like Romo never won squat, <laughs> right? I mean, he didn't win anything. No, but I'm with you. Look, if I was I don't to say if he gets in or not, if I was just if I was to say take one, Romo or Eli, you can start them back over and get a chance to pick one. The only thing that's hurt in Romo's case, the skill level, I would pick Romo. But Eli was able to play every single week. That's true. So I think I would pick Eli, even though I think Romo is the overall better quarterback. Yeah. Um, but I know that. Hindsight's easy. Uh, another text message, guys. Uh, this is from George. He says, Carson Wentz is borderline elite, doesn't get the fraction of the credit he deserves for 2017. He has conducted himself with the utmost poise and professionalism. Think of the uh, Santa Laquito article, the drafting of Jalen Hurts, his continued the continued support of uh, Nick Foles, where others could have justifiably been resentful. And I will die on this hill, George says. Oh, I like that, George. Good text message, Tim. Uh, from Galloway says, guys, you are forgetting one huge thing. Wentz is on the Eagles. All other fans in America will criticize him just for being an Eagle. If he was on any other team, he'd be a top 10. See, this is where I disagree. Because most fans from other teams appreciated Donovan McNabb. The Eagle fans didn't. Most fans from other teams appreciate the player Wentz is. It's his own fans that don't. I would agree with that. We're not the Cowboys. People don't hate the Eagles like they do the Cowboys, do they? Am I missing something? Uh, there's people around the country who don't like the Eagles fans and then hold it, take it out on the players. Jason Fitz joins us next.